Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The army in Belfast has completed its main operation, but is keeping and even tightening its grip on the city. This is being done with a strong force, not so much on the streets as overlooking the streets. And bases established yesterday were strengthened today. At Casement Park, the Gaelic football ground on the edge of Andersonstown, the gunners were securing their grandstand headquarters with sandbags and with wire. This is one of the places where, among some sections of the community, the army's takeover is not at all popular. For there'll be no more football at Casement Park for a while, and this was a social centre too, whose use is now denied to local people. member and uh, very very progressive very much in the progressive side of unionism you know and that and that shouldn't be drowned out in all this hatefulness that's going on around casement she tweeted just today just before we we came on air casement park i have to ask if it was rugby that happened to be the last in the three sport investment plans for stadia regeneration in northern ireland would we be having such a ferocious debate? Imagine if Ravenhill was in the dire state that Casement Park is now in. Would we be taking to social media and witnessing the violent, divisive attacks directed to the Irish Rugby Football Union that we are seeing towards the GAA? The GAA needs, deserves, and we're promised a stadium. That is the end of the matter. Well, I think I, yeah. Right. Lindsay, Lindsay, will, Lindsay will get a huge amount of stick for that. But, you know, it is important to remind ourselves honestly of the position in the North. The IFA contributed 10% of the total cost of the redevelopment of Windsor Park. If, if, the, uh, if the new stadium in Belfast costs 145 to 150 million, okay, 65 million, at the moment, is being contributed between the Irish government and the GAA. The GAA will up that, but that starts to bring you towards roughly 40, 42% of the total cost. The difference being that because Casement Park is a ground-up job and not a redevelopment, because of the huge neglect of West Belfast and of the North, of, of, of Northern nationalism in general, you know, this is now going to be a major world-class stadium. 
And, uh, you know, it'll be brilliant to see Northern Ireland soccer team playing there. And in due course, the Irish soccer team, I think all that's all that's coming down the tracks. What do you um, mean by that? It's 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 also, well, I mean, it's, what will be 10, 15 years, they'll all be, it'll be Ireland at that stage. I mean, all of all of this is happening regardless of the sectarianism. Well, you know, I was, it's funny, you, when you the, talk about the, that, I was thinking, I was looking at the uh, FAI, when they appeared in front of the public accounts committee last week and, uh, you know, got themselves into, there is no, there is no sporting organization quite like the FAI for getting themselves into incredible messes of their own making. And they appeared this organization that's, you know, got a, got a pretty troubled history and needs to, uh, demonstrate that it is, it is a, is a change organization goes in, with an email entirely redacted, in everything redacted, their own social media channels, the date, the time, everything redacted, uh, and um, and this is all you know. They end up in uh, a few hours. You spend a whole morning in, in in with the public accounts committee, being grilled essentially on an eleven thousand euro uh, payment in lieu of holidays made to the CEO, and they're looking for huge amounts. The FAI are looking for huge amounts of public money. From the Irish government at the moment, they want a betting levy increase. No, wait, let me finish. They, they've, they've yeah, yeah, they've, a, but they've been a watchword for well, corruption. Well, well they're not a watchword. Not a watchword. No, no, no. But the point I'm making. This is an honest, the point I'm making. It uncorrupted no, no, attempt to, point, to build. They were a, a proper stadium for they, the people. They of the were North. a watchword for corruption. I don't think it, it, it's it's it, that's not the case under the new regime. But they still they still may be incompetent. But what I thought, looking at that, and when you talk about ten to fifteen years, and you talk about Caseman Park being a state-of-the-art stadium, um, you know it's going to be a GEA stadium. Um, but I look at it and go, why do we have the FAI at all? Well, let's not. Why doesn't Irish? Why doesn't the Irish football community throw our lot in with the IFA? Uh, get ourselves, get ourselves um, access to Caseman Park for the occasional match when we don't sell out the Aviva. Get ourselves Connor Bradley, um, most importantly, and play. We don't need. We don't need to wait ten or fifteen years for an all Ireland, all Ireland football team, soccer team. Like that could be happening much quicker than that. We don't need the country to be united for there to be further integration in terms of sport on this island. Like that's the thing I'm thinking as well at this point. Um, uh, looking at the haplessness of the FAI, like there's nobody. There's nothing there. We we. There's nothing there we can we see, can't afford to a, lose. You see, we've got an organisation which I suppose people are very envious of, and for example, the DUP and the, the loyalist community and the North the unionist community doesn't really understand that they don't understand how an, an amateur organisation like this can thrive and be at the heart of everything that we do and be at the heart of community building. I mean, my own club, Dungiven, for example, we run. A number of cross-community initiatives. Um, Kieran McKee was the vice chair, the greatest cornerback that ever played the game, and we uh, apply for all the grants that are available. We have a person whose job in the club is to apply for grants. We have a thriving uh, hall. We have a full-time chef. You know, we've turned it into a sort of a part club museum. Part we've got a snug, beautiful snug. We've got a bigger hall for events. We run the meals. We run a meals on wheels service. You know, we have over a hundred volunteers who play their part in relation to that. Anybody in the community who's down in their luck, well, 
funds are raised. I mean, for example, we have a coal run where we have elderly pensioners and we make sure that they have fuel throughout the winter. We make sure that their needs are catered for, whatever those needs might be. And this is a very similar pattern that you'll see across the GA in general, and particularly the GA in the six counties, because it means so much to us. Because really, you know, during the Troubles, it was all we had. That's what we had. That was our hope. That was our... And you see that with Charlotte Burns being elected as as as, as the president of the GA, a proud South Armada, a fluent Irish speaker from a very strongly Republican background. You know, and what a wonderful fella and what a I mean the first time I met Jarlis after I uh, had known him from college and playing football against him and all of that I drove down to Silverbridge because he had invited me down just to see what they were doing and when I arrived Jarlis was in a trench with a shovel mm. digging out the foundations for the new knee skull in the, in, in the grounds of Silverbridge He's there every day. He's going to stay on as the secretary of, of Silverbridge. He is beloved in that community. I don't know if you saw some yeah, homecoming yeah. on Saturday after he'd been formally elected as Uchtran of the GAA. You know, and it was a very tearful occasion. The 96-year-old president of the club was wept when he hugged him. And that's what the GAA means to us. And so whenever people like Matt Cooper belittle what we're doing, you know, and take a loyalist line in relation to Casement Park. What he needs to understand is that that makes absolutely no difference to us. You know, we were we were left alone. We were we were we sank our swimmers or swam ourselves and we swam. And boy did we swim. You look at us now and every aspect of our community, outward looking you know, interested only in equality and everyone doing well regardless of religion. So this sort of small-minded sectarian crap, which has no place in my community, you know, it's not going to have any impact on us. Trust me, brother, Casement Park will be built. It will be a magnificent stadium. We will leave it open to rugby, soccer, anyone who needs it. And I have absolutely no doubt that in very, very short order, the, the, the communities, Protestant loyalist communities across the north will be using the state-of-the-art conference and music and other facilities there as and when they need to. Well, the, what I hope is, in, what I hope in, that is... In 10 years' time, see, what they're really afraid of is this. And it's a boogeyman. It's a boogeyman, right? It's a bit like, it's a bit like um, the huge fears over a Sinn Féin first minister. So it was like, Oh, this is going to be a nightmare. And the DUP were going around the doors, can kind of say, oh, we're never going to let that happen. Don't worry about that. And the wee Protestant people are terrified of this boogeyman. Oh my God, if Michelle O'Neill becomes the first minister, Jesus Christ, we'll all be, our lives are going to disintegrate. It's going to be a living nightmare. We're going to be surrounded by Irish street signs. Jesus Christ of Almighty. You know, we're going to have to spend all our time in the Dundonald <laughs> learning to skate <laughs> because there's nowhere else that's going to be safe for us from these bloody venues. What? And it was it was just going to be a, a disaster, a cataclysm. This is a tsunami that's going to sweep us away if that venue bitch from Kalilan ever becomes the first minister. And then they wake up the next morning. 
Bloody they, hell, it's no big deal. They wake, up, they wake up having spent a night at the ice rink just for safety. They spend the night. They come out of there like they're coming out of a bomb shelter. I find that. That's right. The Protestant people of Ulster have taken to sleeping overnight in the, in the, in the Dundonald Ice Bowl. <laughs> Intense. Uh, we, go, we go now to the Dundonald Ice Bowl to Tara Mills from the BBC Northern Ireland. Tara, what are we seeing down there? <laughs> well, we have sentries up here who are looking out for Republicans uh, from all the major vantage points. Uh, you see, the thing about casement now is this, and this is the fear. You see, the, the, the landmark in Belfast that dwarfed everything was Stormont, and Stormont was meant to dwarf everything. That was meant to emphasize the Reich, the sort of Ulster Reich that would last forever, an Ulster Protestant Reich. And, you know, you had um, Edward Carson, you know, as I call it, flipping the bird to the Fenians in that, in that vast, magnificent statue out the front. He's actually sort of turning his fist with a finger up slightly, but it looks really like giving the birth. But now, of course, you're going to have this glittering mm. European-style stadium on the hill in West Belfast, dwarfing the landscape around it. You know, I mean, the the I don't know if you've seen the 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 3D yeah. images of it, but it's it is truly magnificent, and it's going to glitter. You know, it's going to be the most spectacular sort of jaw-dropping architectural landmark in the north. And in Belfast, it's going to dwarf everything. Hmm. Well, I hope it gets... That's I, I, I hope that... These fucking uppity Fenians at it again. Can they not spend that money on We've hospitals seen... and, and, and council houses and, and things like that and things like the Dundonald Ice Bowl and, 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 and would they not be better giving that money to Ulster Rugby or would they not be better giving that money to our to, 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 to amateur soccer clubs in, in Protestant areas of the North, which is exactly what Jim Shannon of the DUP suggested. I hope it gets built and, in time. I hope we get time. I hope it does get built in time for the Euros because when you when you talk about this and you talk about the objections of the DUP and various people, it is almost like a kind of a, a Brexit situation again. It's like we once we, we will oppose what the other side want. And if if it ends up that because you know there is there is a pretty there is like it's it's uh, it's a very tight timeline for it to be built for, in time for the euro. It needs to be done in th in, in three years, and uh, um, that is that is a, a, a very very it, would, it wouldn't get it wouldn't get built down here in three years. Don't worry about it. Okay. Don't 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 worry. You can tell you can tell your pet pal Matt Cooper when you see him. Don't worry about it, Matt. We'll have it built. If it's not built in time for the euros. It'll be, it'll be, it'll Built be, time it'll be at capacity for Ulster finals. We'll have, we'll have concerts there. It'll be absolutely vibrant, and he can come up, and he can come up as a guest of mine. He can come up as a guest of mine, and uh, I, I'm, 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 I've got my name down for two debenture seats right in the centre of the stand, and he can come as a guest of mine, and he can watch. Do you get tickets for? Do, you, do they get you tickets for the Euros, or, or only the Ulster final, or all events? Bro brother, brother. When it comes to Casement Park, I'll just get tickets ready. I was in the uh, and, and I'll and I'll phone call and I'll text boys. How's it going there? Ah, Jesus, Joe, Cara, how's it going? What do you need? What do you need for the game? I said I'm bringing a couple of DUP boys and and you know that guy Matt Cooper. Oh fuck me, you're not bringing Matt Cooper. Oh, I know. Look, we're trying to educate these people. And you see, this is what we're doing in the north. Right? 
I mean, I look around me. I mean, I look, for example, at the call of senior counsel in the North last week and how the entire demographic has changed and how nobody, nobody in, 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 in you know, legal circles in the North and barrister circles gives one damn what religion anybody mm. is, you know. And, and 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 look at the makeup of the judiciary now, which which reflects the the demographics in the north. And you know, I even look at things like BBC Northern Ireland. I mean, we've we've talked about the documentary that's gone out this week. You know, which shows the 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 censorship and the endemic uh, the endemic discrimination against my community, and how that was a deliberate policy on the part of BBC Northern Ireland. You know, that immortal line from Paul Fox, who was the former BBC One controller, the bloody Protestants ran the BBC in Northern Ireland during the Troubles, and people were not told the truth. I mean, and you trace that down through even sports coverage in the North, you know, and I got, uh, I got, I remember Jerome Quinn, who was famously sacked by the BBC Northern Ireland, he was the first GAA um, sports Mm. reporter in the BBC. And he told a story about interviewing interviewing me once on an All-Stars night in the 90s, the mid-90s. And uh, at that stage, there was no, I mean, the GA was barely covered. But there was a programme called Saturday Sports Sports Sound. And it was an institution that was very well drilled, well-staffed machine, two to six every Saturday. And it went around all the Irish league grounds, you know, uh, Linfield against, you know, Bally, whoever, and, you know, um, Ballymena United versus Glentor. And, and the coverage was absolutely comprehensive. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was never any, no mention of the GA or anything like that. You get your previews, updates, you know, we're going to Sammy at Distillery. Sammy, what's happening down there? Where's Sammy you got from? the throw ins for the just hockey. Out of interest. Well, just, you know, Sammy Braithwaite, people like this, you know, we've got Sammy Braithwaite joining us down at Listener Garvey Hockey. Sammy, how is the game going down there? And you had you had your hockey, cricket, rugby, car rallies, all of that. Now, they did then, from about sort of maybe 92, 93, they started a Sunday GA show, but that lasted 15 minutes. That was like, oh, God, I'm fucking with this <laughs> in now, you know. And uh, <clears throat> so anyway, Jerome did an interview with me, and he said, look, that, that was really entertaining. I had a few jars on, let them fly, you see. And uh, he brought it up to them to to put into the Saturday Sports Sound program. And uh, he was told, like, I mean, I mean, to be honest, we don't really know who Joe Brawley is, you know, and it wasn't used. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, he always said, you know, like it's, I said, oh, how did that go? He says, oh, they, didn't, they wouldn't play it, you know. Because this was an institution that had been built for Protestants, you know, for people following local soccer, just the same as the whole state. It was a reflection of the state. And, uh, you know, I advise people to watch the documentary on, on BBC4. But Jerome said that they had this thing called Pigeon News, right? And it was on before my interview was supposed to be on, which was shelved. And... So what you had was you had people sent in wee bits of copy to cater for minority oh, sports, good. of which the yeah. GA was one, you know. And people would, would send in news about, you know, pigeon racing and things like that. Pigeon news. And, uh, pigeon yeah. news, that's what it was called. Yeah. And uh, and my my interview uh, 
was uh, had to be had to was be, a pigeon news uh, shel- shelved because there was, there'd been a very important pigeon race. Well, <laughs> I could see <laughs> I could see the, why this would have upset Joe Brawley. You know, relegated. It's like Jerome in Spinal Tap first. when they're underneath <laughs> the puppets or they've got the building right. underneath the puppet <laughs> show. You were under you yeah. you were built underneath was, the pigeons. I mean, uh, a good friend of mine. Doudsy. Doudsy is, you know, he's he's involved with the Lyric Theatre and was a producer in the BBC. And great fella, you know, very even, really likeable fella. And anyway, he, whenever Tyrone won the All-Ireland in 2003, and that's it, obviously, things had started to open up, you know, you, you could see the odd game and some highlights were on BBC then, say, round about the start say maybe round about the the 90s, the early mm. 90s, they then started to, for the first time, read read GA results, but they only did the results of teams from the north. Right. So they only did the, the six counties. So if, you, but if, if, if a team from the north was playing a team from the south, would they just read out the team from the north? So, you know, down 112 no, if you, versus... If, if, if you were playing... I, if you were playing Kerry or, or, or something like that, they, they would they'd read they'd that. Give the full would, score. Well, that's, that that's progress. That was, you know... And Jackie Fullerton was obviously the doyen of of, of, of commentators in the north. And I say I love mm. Jackie, and I mean he's just. I mean Jackie is. I mean Jackie's an institution. He's a sex symbol in the north. I mean Jesus. there were t-shirts that did the rounds at Windsor Park for years. You know that the supporters would be wearing uh, t-shirts, thousands of them saying, um, "I'm Jackie Fullerton's love child." You know, and and uh, you know they they would they would unfurl these huge banners. You know, there was one memorable banner that went across Windsor during a match. Uh, you know the way the the fans push these huge banners mm. across above their heads it says Jackie Fullerton booked my ma. So they had this thing about Jackie as a sex symbol. You see, and Jackie loved all that, and he rose to the occasion. You know, I think I think uh, Paddy Keatley told the story on the Late Late Show when he was on with Gay Byrne. You remember the night he wore the balaclava? Mm. Wouldn't be able to do that anymore in the interest of balance. But, uh, and the other side of the story, you know, because there's always another side to genocide, as Paddy reminded us whenever Kneecap were on the other night. But I don't blame Paddy for that, by the way. You know, obviously RT had instructed him to say that if they did, in fact, raise Palestine, which it was clear they were going to do. But anyway, Paddy told the story about Jackie Fullerton, the first time GA results were read out on the BBC Northern Ireland. You know, it was an mm. epic occasion. And, you know, Jackie talks like that, very smooth, you know, and he just says, well, in food too, distillery, well, and now, <laughs> Gaelic Athletic, and now, and now, a bit of a novelty coming up now, because one best sectarian in Bowling Jackie's point, and now a bit of a novelty here for us, a Gaelic Athletic Association results. Derry, 2-7. Arma. One goal and six points. Antrim, two goals and 16 points. Down, three goals and 15 points. Well done to whoever won that one. (laughs) (laughs) Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. <laughs> And, uh, and of course, I mean, everybody, everybody loved that, you know, because because it was Jackie, of course, you know, uh, 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 everybody, everybody lo- loved that. And you, I go back to Dowdy's story. So Dowdy, after Peter Canavan had finally sort of lived up to his birthright, uh, it was either 2003 or 2005 after he had, I mean, he was absolutely dominant in 2005 because he'd been injured in the 2003 final and he played on one leg, literally. They'd kept him on for the freeze and just for the morale of, of his young teammates who I don't think really needed that much morale boost and they were a ferocious, brilliant team. But anyway, Dodgy told me that he pitched to the BBC Top Brass, a documentary on Peter Canavan, mm. you know, this incredible, extraordinary career. And there were blank looks around the table and the controller said to him, uh, remind me? They didn't know who Peter Canavan was. Right. And that was, you know, 2003, four or five, in and around that time. Possibly, I think it would have been then after he'd, after he'd won his couple of All-Irelands mm. and had established himself as one of the sort of legendary, that tiny band of legendary Gaelic footballers, mm. you know. And, but I will say that, again, like everything else in the North, you know, the BBC is on a journey now as well. I mean, we've got Tommy Nibblock there. We have a, there's a very good uh, guy in charge of, 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 of BBC Ulster's sports coverage now. And, uh, you know, he's from a rugby background, but very, very good with the GAA. And and entirely even handed, you know. And so, as this as this equality spreads inexorably, you know, even people, even people like the DUP and Matt Cooper, will be. We'll bring them along, you know. We'll educate them. We'll bring them along. With I think us. you've been very and, hard on on you know, Matt Cooper. Course, see, in, in twenty years' time, in twenty years' time, I mean this sincerely. The DUP, the DUP top brass. I mean, obviously, then I don't know. Sir Geoffrey Donaldson may very well be the first unionist Taoiseach. Mm. We'll have we'll we'll have the DUP top brass sitting with the president of Ireland at at at, at all Ireland finals, or possibly even someone from a unionist background in the north as the president of Ireland as the Uachtaran. And why not? Because 
you know, as we move towards a very modern, liberal, wealthy society, which I believe is going to happen once we've got once we've got unity, and I mean everything, every argument of common sense and logic points towards that, then we are going to we're we're going to be a powerhouse where everyone's going to want to live, everyone's going to want to be part of this fair, equal society. You know, I mean, who wants who wants to be part of a country like England, you know, a really diseased country where you have the Conservative Health Secretary, Victoria Atkins, saying this week, do you know I have the privilege of having some wonderful food banks in my constituency? I have the uh, privilege of uh, some wonderful food banks in my constituency. Well, I don't think it's a question of, yeah, no, we know what, we know what the Tory government would like and they're on their last legs. And I don't think it's a question of, who wants people want to be part of the country they feel an affinity towards. So if you're English, you feel an affinity towards that country. I don't think it's like uh we're I'm not gonna we've gone into this before, but I you know, there there are great, great communities and great people in, in England as there are in this country. I don't think it's I don't think um it's to aspire to unity. They're not, they're not revealing them they're not oh, reve- they're them. not revealing themselves. They're, all, they're, they're, they're everywhere. They're, they're not. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're not revealing themselves in the mainstream. The mainstream there is has, has, has you know, is really in a very dangerous condition. But um, and uh, and and uh, and other voices are being censored in the media. There, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's desperate to see what has happened to a country that, after World War Two, you know, looked as though it was going to be a beacon for the rest of the world. You know, with the health service, with the advances in support of trade unions things like that you know their 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 efforts at progressive taxation all of those things i mean just look look what's what's becoming of that country now i mean it's just turning into a a a, a twin brother of the us mm. um i i think it is interesting what's going to happen with casement and i think jarlath burns you know when you talk about where he comes from and silverbridge and the community he is an exceptional person, and I think he's going to be an exceptional um, leader for the GEA and become somebody who isn't who isn't just an important figure in in GEA life. He's going to he is an important figure in in life for everybody on this island because how he how he understands um, all communities, what he's done in terms of reaching out, what he done, what what he what he's done in terms of connecting. Um, is uh is hugely important and i think you know with caseman park built while he's president i think you, you've got a real chance of seeing something um substantial there because he's a figure of of and you know I, I i he took me under the it's not not just because he took me under his wing at uh at congress one year but he is a, he is a man of of real substance he is the first person he is the first ga president in history to have been complimented on his election by the PSNI Twitter account. Mm. Now you think about that. You think about, I mean, he hosts PSNI Information Days in his school, which is the biggest school in the North. Yeah, I've been there. I've visited, you know, visited him there. He, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, he doesn't, he doesn't give up anything of who he is. He doesn't compromise his principles. You know, a brilliant Irish speaker, brilliant fella, community man, the ideal. He is the ideal of what we all want to be in the GAA, you know, 
and uh, and and I and I agree with you entirely. You know, I just wonder: do we have time to get that result between Listen to Garvey, Young Boys, uh, 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 and Crusaders at the Oval? Well, it would have been, it would have been. Uh, you know, I remember, I remember those terrible. <laughs> I remember when we used to watch BBC <laughs> as when we got BBC as a kid in in you know on the east coast. Of Ireland, we used to watch the final score at five o'clock on the on a Saturday for to get all the results. And this was when Grandstand was, you know, such a huge part of everyone's lives. And you'd be watching the, you know, the reports from all the grounds in England. And then there was that terrible moment because we were watching on BBC, <laughs> BBC right, Northern Ireland to, to, to the to the local results. You're like, no, I don't care. I really don't <laughs> fucking care. Go back, go back. Tell me what happens. <laughs> And, uh, and they've truly, if they were unionists, if unionist people were being true to themselves, they too would have said, we don't care about this. Tell us what's happening in England. Because that's, you know, truly where, yeah. surely where their allegiance lies. Oh, that's it, brother. And whenever, the, whenever we're watching Northern Ireland against England in, in the magnificent new Casement Park, the Northern Ireland supporters will be quite entitled to un- unveil their large banner that says... No casement park. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. Belfast has the best stadiums, the biggest stadiums, the most beautiful stadiums. You know, I can't wait until Northern Ireland play England at at Casement Park in the Euros. West Belfast won't have seen a bigger bunch of English dicks since the Pleasure Boys hit the Devonish.